Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast live. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday. Normally, we do the show on Monday. Man, I was sick on Monday, so glad to be feeling better. It was an awesome weekend of football. The one benefit to being sick was I was on the couch. I watched so much football from Thursday night to Monday night. It was fantastic, and so we are here to talk a ton about that and then look toward this weekend where the games get going yet again. And so it is a fun time of year, and we are thrilled to join you uh, as, as you are a part of this Unpacking It community of sports fans as we follow Jesus together. So for the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. You can watch us live on Facebook or listen later to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, today on the show, we will do our segment, Unpack This It is inspired by the devotional that we send out Monday, Wednesday, Friday that takes a current sports story, relates it to the Bible, and and so you can subscribe for free to receive that in your email inbox. Just go to unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we will talk about all the big stories in, in football, including the Bears quarterback situation, Washington's quarterback situation. How good are the Saints? How bad are the Packers? What does it mean that the Bills lost, the Titans lost, Atlanta lost, a lot of teams lost. What do we learn from them? That will be today's uh, Unpack This topic. And, and then also, you know, some of these teams are playing their rookie quarterbacks, but only a little bit. So what does that look like for teams moving forward, especially in San Francisco, uh, in Chicago especially? And then in college football, a big job opening at USC. And so there's a great article on The Athletic. Uh, it was funny. Luke and I both read it uh, separately. And then we we're like, hey, well, should we talk? Oh, yeah, you read that too. So we're going to get into that topic. It, it ranked the the best head coaching jobs in college football, uh, which was very interesting. And and so uh, Luke's alma mater was a little lower than he liked. So we'll, we'll, we'll debate that a little bit. Uh, before we say hello to him and jump in, uh, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to Health Market Genius. Dot com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Luke, great to be with you. Coming to us from Texas. How are you, man? We're doing great. We are doing great. So I, I love that tease. I am. We so, will get into it, but I'm disappointed in, in my dear Aggies. Golly. So when you say we are doing great, you're speaking plural. Are you talking about yourself? Or are, you, are you including me in that? <laughs> So I think it's something linguistically I've started doing is kind of like, hey, how you doing? We're doing good. Or walking into a room with one person, how we doing? I don't know. I don't. I feel like I've. I feel like that's been a recent thing in my language. So I haven't wow. even noticed it until now. Okay. Well, I had to call you out on that. The 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 plural uh, speaking. Maybe because you're married now. Is that is that part of it? Well, I'm learning. I'm learning Greek in, in seminary right now. So my whole ideas of language are all messed up right now. Man. I catch myself sometimes talking in third person, especially now. Oh, about like, yourself? Well, yeah, but here's how I do it. Daddy's getting hungry. Or daddy, daddy, oh, no. daddy's going down to the basement. 
Daddy's going to go watch football. So oh, I, no. I, it's become a bad. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not. Well, it, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's worse any- is. Bri- you walking in, mm, Bryce is hungry, or mm, Daddy's hungry. Because Daddy, playful, young daughters, I could see that. But if you're walking in, just talking to Jody, Jody, Bryce is hungry. <laughs> I try not to do that. <laughs> it's even bad when I, because I, I always hated this growing up when I would hear people like parents talk to themselves like, "Hey, mommy and daddy." I hated that, but I catch myself doing it because you're yeah. just like in that communication. A cyclone of daddy needs to do this, mommy needs to do that, and you're talking to little kids and it's unavoidable. Gotta, yeah, it, it is a little bit, but I got to catch myself. So anyway, <laughs> you're guilty of the we. I'm guilty of the third person uh, daddy talk. <laughs> uh, but let, let's let's get into it because I have been so excited to talk about this one topic, and I, I, I hate that we even had to wait till Wednesday to get into it. But what we saw on Monday night, no, 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 not the Ravens Raiders game, which was fantastic at the end, came down to the wire. I'm talking about Manning night football. That's right. We all were wondering what it was going to be like with Peyton and Eli becoming a part of Monday night football. You know, what was it going to entail? How funny would they be? Would there be chemistry? Uh, Would it be awkward? You know, what was it going to be? It lived up to the hype. I'll say this. It got off to a little bit of a slow start, and I had some buddies jumping in saying, oh, this is terrible. I go, be patient. Be patient. (laughs) For those of us that stuck with it, apparently 800,000 people watched it. We were treated to an entertaining night. Not just an entertaining night of football. It was an entertaining night with the Manning brothers. Now, Hmm. I enjoy watching games with with my brothers. I got two brothers, my dad. So when we watch games, the four of us, it's it's always a blast. The next best thing, watching the game with Manny Brothers. The Manny Brothers were in my man cave on Monday night, and I was loving it. I, it, it, it felt like initially, like even when you have like buddies over, my, you know, neighbors come over, whatever, like the first few minutes, you're just settling in. Like you're kind of, you know, you're getting, you're just, you're, you don't know what to talk about first. You like jump in, start talking about the game right away. How much yeah. do you catch up? Like, hey, how was your week? You know, all that kind of thing. So to me, that was, that was a little bit at the beginning where, they were trying to talk too much about the game. And then when they finally settled in and just were natural and, and weren't, they weren't yeah. so worried about every single play. Yeah. And it was awesome. And they, it became natural. And then throw in the great guests. Charles Barkley, say no more. I'm in. If Charles <laughs> Barkley's on TV, I'm watching. I don't care Which, if you're talking about hockey yeah. or, or anything. I'm in. How he is on so many things. He is the he, he has become the standard guest interview for probably everything. It, it's actually unbelievable how many things he's on. Yeah, and he should be. He should be on every night. He's, he's of, great. Of he's week. so great. Yeah. And and so then they had Travis Kelsey. They had Russell Wilson, Ray Lewis. So they had good guys. It wasn't too much. Like it wasn't just cycling through the ESPN personalities that we've already seen all day long. It wasn't that. These were some fresh guys, uh, which was great. So I hope they continue down that path. You know the people in their circles. I'm sure. I'm sure that Peyton will have Kenny Chesney on at some point, one of his buddies, and you know. So I, I'm in for it. But here's the one downside. So this is a whole new way to watch a game where you're trying to focus on what's actually happening. And I was distracted because I was watching Peyton and Eli so closely. Like mm-hmm. oftentimes, plays would happen. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa! I wasn't even paying attention. I was watching and listening to the Peyton and Eli. So. Being able to learn that that right rhythm, I think, is going to be key to where you're still able yeah. to enjoy the, the actual football game, 
uh, while also enjoying that. But you can't watch it passively. So some games, hey, volume off. I'm just going to have it on in the background right. trying to get something done while I'm able to watch football. If you're tuned in for Peyton and Eli, volume's got to be up. You're, you're trying to hear what they're saying. Yes, and that, that's another thing because normally by Monday night, I've watched so much football. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll just keep an eye, keep an eye out for fantasy players and that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't want to get up from my chair. At some point, I was like, oh, I got to get up. Like, I've been sitting here forever. Like, I didn't want to miss a moment. I didn't want to miss a Manny moment. It yeah. was that good to me. So I'm curious your thoughts. Did you watch it? Did you listen? Leave your comments on the, on the live feed. And those of you that listen later, uh, shoot me your email. Uh, shoot me an email because I'd love to know your thoughts on, on what you, your takeaway was uh, from Manny Night Football. And, you know, I'm a broadcast nerd. I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. And so it was right up my alley. And I would say that Monday night games, a lot of the matchups, like, I don't know, I'm not all in, like, especially if certain fantasy teams don't have relevant players, then it doesn't matter as much. Um, And sometimes in the second half when there's a blowout, it's like, ah, all right, I'm done. But with these two guys, they can carry a second half. They can keep things going. They can carry a a rough matchup. And in many ways, the Raiders, Raiders, it turned out to be a great game. But going in, it wasn't like the best matchup ever. Uh, but they made it interesting. And then, of course, at the end, the game was was awesome, too. So it was I great. think I'm looking forward to more of Eli. Like We all know Peyton's great. Peyton's hilarious. Like His greatness on SNL when he's guest hosted, when uh, they're tra- for the past three years, they've been trying to get him on as a broadcaster. But Eli's got a lot to bring to the table. Because, like you said, when they settle in and then it's just two brothers talking, like they're they're funny. Yeah. And they, they're the digs at each other. I, I, Eli is very – he's so underrated in how funny he is. Yes. He's kind of goofy, witty, his digs at Peyton. So I'm really excited for more of Eli because I don't think he gets enough credit for how funny he is. No, and, and I think – Sometimes Peyton talked too much. He needed to let Eli in a little bit. Um, but Eli did a good job of setting Peyton up, too. He knew how to push buttons and get, yeah. him, get him going. Uh, so, yeah, they played off each other well. Really, Cooper Manning's probably the funniest Manning. So hopefully they get him involved. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a part of Fox, but hopefully they can loan him out and get him get him going on that. So, uh, yeah. anyway, it was, it was awesome. So what am I convinced of? I didn't even say it. But I'm convinced that it is a huge win, and my Monday nights will now, from now on, will be spent – with the Manning brothers. And I think I tuned over, I turned over to the regular broadcast for like a couple minutes. That was it. And it was actually because yeah. I saw that they were talking about a story. Uh, a couple of the players on, on the Raiders have, have overcome uh, alcoholism and drug addiction. And so I wanted to hear a little bit of that story. Uh, Darren yeah. Waller and then one of their defensive players. Um, hmm. So that was a cool story. So anyway, I turned over to, to I turned up the volume on that one. Uh, but other than that, I, I stayed on the on ESPN too. So. And, normally, and normally it's hard Normally, I like to watch the normal broadcast because, like for the for the college football playoff final, they yep. always have the alternate broadcast. They'll bring in analysts. They'll kind of they'll run film. Like one year was Booger and, and Jason Witten were on. Um, and let me stop some, you there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I I just want to hear the broadcasters call the game or even the sky cam. Sometimes I'll get a couple minutes of the sky cam, which is a, which is a, a refreshing alternative, but. Peyton and Eli were – you could make a, a very convincing argument that they were better than the normal broadcast just because it was new. Argument? Yeah, of course they're better. <laughs> and I'm fine. Like I like Levy. I'm not against Levy, and I like Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy's pretty vanilla to me. But Yeah. 
I, I like Lewis Riddick a lot. I, th- I yeah. think Lewis Riddick's pretty good. They're fine. Um, yeah. So overall, it was great. My go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say to your point though, if you are really into the game and you're like you you are hanging on every play, well then yeah, you want to listen yeah. to the main broadcast. And so if it yeah. is your favorite team, this wouldn't necessarily fit that. But if That's you're true. casually watching, this is the right the right fit. Um, yeah. So I started thinking too, like <clears throat> during the NBA Finals, would would we be able to have Charles and Ernie and and Kenny like have a similar setup? Like that would be a great alternative broadcast. That or, would be or, funny. Or even Thursday night games. You know, yeah. We get him during halftime. I want to hear him throughout the whole game. That's true. And, and That's then I started true. thinking too. Speaking of the families, what if we watched the NBA with the Currys? Like all three Currys, Dell, Seth, and, and Steph calling a game. That would be fun. Huh. Not, even call, not calling a game, just the, the, the mega cast type thing. Yeah, well, I definitely agree the Ernie, Shaq, Kenny, and Charles. I mean, we, we've already talked that every NBA game needs to be TNT anyway. Yeah, yeah. Give it to TNT. Make These guys these guys need to be on TV. We all want to watch them. It, it's a no-brainer. Um, but I'm I'm – fully agreeing with you on Peyton and Eli. They were greatness. My, I'm convinced, is completely different. But it's related to what I'm wearing. So <laughs> I, I'm i convinced... I've done a 180 on this. I'm convinced that it's okay for grown men to wear jerseys. Oh, no. So I used to be... Oh, no. I used to be team... If you're above, like, 28... If you're in your 30s, you gotta stick to... Like, you go to a... For me, if I go to a Mavs game and I'm in my 30 and above, it's got to be a Mavs polo or a Mavs t-shirt. Don't don't give me the double XL, just the jersey, (laughs) no undershirt. That that's that's really bad. The no undershirt basketball jersey for a grown man. That's that's really really tough. So I I probably still would hold on to that opinion, but rock an undershirt or a long sleeve. Or a, like a soccer jersey I'm wearing today has sleeves. I think that is a very justifiable look, especially if you acquire some really cool jerseys, or if your your local team you show up to the game, rock for you Panthers, rock your Jake Delhomme jersey. I think you would be great rocking a Jake Delhomme jersey. So yeah, I'm convinced that it's okay as long as it's not the basketball jersey with no undershirt. I just can't get behind that. So, all right. What shirt do you have on? Is that a soccer shirt? Yeah, soccer jersey. They don't even call it a jersey. What do they call it? Soccer shirt. Soccer shirt. No, I thought there was another name for it, but well, they have some funny, fancy name for a soccer soccer shirt. Well, I mean, their their cleats are called boots. The field's called the yeah. pitch, and yeah, all all that, all the greatness. Well, to me, this topic is very deep, and there's a lot of layers to it. The jersey, so many topic. layers, <laughs> and so you're you're catching me off guard on this. But the first thing, so our our audience here at Unpacking It, we're all about sports fans, and so I yeah. recognize that a number of our loyal followers wear jerseys. They are grown men that wear jerseys, and we love them and we appreciate them. And I can think of a few. So, um, but at the same time, I. Th- so I'm not going to rail on it, but for me, I can't remember the last time I've worn another man's jersey. Like, that's how I have to view it. It's another man's, like, mm. like, like he's accomplishing something out on the field and or on the court, and I'm there to watch him, and I'm going to wear his jersey. It just seems funny to me, like, after a certain age, like you mentioned. <laughs> so I think out of college, like, when I became, like, my own guy doing my own thing, 
I, I want to wear my right. own jersey. So I've got a Johnson jersey behind me, so I could wear that one. Okay. Um, actually, a former App State, someone, <laughs> someone else on App State was uh, – you see it on the video. There you go. Um, so I love jerseys. Like I love hanging them on the wall. But actually wearing one, uh, I can't. I can't. I, I can't do it. I, it's very rare that I that I would do that, or I don't think I've done it in a long time. Maybe a Kobe jersey, like if I'm playing basketball, just to pretend like I'm Kobe. It like gives you an extra boost. You know, you like think you're better than you are. But yeah. um, but my one big pet peeve, especially when I used to go to games a lot, was especially when I was younger. I never liked the guys that were showing up in the button downs. Like the button mm. down, the button down NBA fan. It's like I get it because they were coming just from work, and so I have a better understanding of that now. Yeah, but I used to always think like, man, why are you at the game? You, you just <laughs> you're you're just here to be seen. I want the guys that are wearing the team colors. That's who needs to be That's at the right. game. That's right. So, but but I will say this: I was watching one of the games over the weekend, and I saw he had to have been at least fifty, probably sixty, full on silver face paint. That must have been a Raiders Ooh. game. Gotta be Raiders. Yeah. And so and even face paint is generous. It's makeup. So you're you're a grown man wearing makeup. And and at that point, I think we're pushing it. I think we've gone too far. I'm a diehard sports fan. Trust me. I'm with you. I'm with you, all of you. But the paint, the the, the makeup, ah, too much. Too much. So. Yeah, it's it's there's a Seinfeld episode of Elaine yeah. not loving when when her when her, her boyfriend was wearing I mean, face paint and then the, the chest paint. The chest um, paint. I'm out yeah. I'm definitely out of the chest paint. <laughs> okay. What about I've never done that. What, I never did that one time. Nobody I, wanted that. I, I, I'm willing to bet that maybe less than one percent of people have actually done the chest paint. It yeah, it's, it doesn't happen very often. Are you are you willing to hold to be one of the guys that hold up the D in the fence? Uh, never you, done we, that, and uh, no, I'm, I will not. That seems cliche now. Yeah, so please, we got to move on from that. I, I used to the Hornets used to have a big brick during the free throws. I always liked that. Yeah, that was that's kind of old now, but that was fun growing up. I appreciate that you've kind of unrolled how big this topic is because it really yeah. is. Because is. I, again, I was such a. It, I was a, a clear cutoff once you're 30, no jerseys at all. But now I think it's – I'm gaining an appreciation. I think it's really fun to wear a jersey. But I totally see your point on you're a grown man, another grown man's jersey. Interesting. Maybe you just go jersey with no name on the back. That's that's a possible alternative. Or every jersey you have needs to be customized for your last name. No, no, no. Okay, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. No, you cannot put your last name. You are not uh, Kansas City Chiefs number 15. Uh, time out on that. I, I will not allow that. I, I agree. Allow, you are listening right now. That you, I put a, a kibosh. What do you say? A kibosh on that. Absolutely not. It's absurd. Now, now, yeah, I, I, agree I, I can't that. even say if you picked a random number. I, I don't even like that. I don't like that. I'm I'm out on that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> that is funny. So it, it's amazing the like the, how you view jerseys as a kid because as a kid, I think that's okay. I think a kid the the way kids wear jerseys. Like for me, I have my future. If I have a son, and he's a sports fan. He is going to have an unbelievable amount of when he when he's growing up vintage jerseys to rock, and they're awesome. Some of them are customized. Most of them are the actual player's number and name. But it's interesting, yeah. Once you kind of go out of that, and then yeah, I love that you brought up the overcorrection of 
if you're not coming straight from work, which even if you are, maybe pack a change of clothes knowing you're coming to the game, but full suit button down. Wear your jersey to work. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> wear your jersey. If you're going to the game, you let everyone know. Hey, guys, I'm going to the game after, so I had to wear my, I had to wear my colors. That's right. Today. That's right. Um, now, and, and uh, <laughs> Shannon posted that, you know, who cares what other people think. If you can own it as a fan, good for you. You go for That's it. That's right. You, you own it. You want to put the, the makeup and the face paint on, you go for it. But I'm, I'm yeah. hesitant by it. And when I see it, I'm, I, 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 I wince a little bit. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. But trust me, I've been a crazy fan. I've done plenty of shenanigans over the years at, at games. That's why I stay, I stay in the man cave at this point. At That's this right. Point. It's, it's, it's more, the man cave is almost as more keeping you accountable than, uh, than just the actual enjoyment of the man cave. That's right. Exactly. I wear my, my, I'm a fantasy football legend shirt. That's what I wear on Sundays. That's my, that's my go to. All right. Let's uh, let, we'll get serious a little bit here, and uh, we'll, we'll jump into our, our unpack this uh, segment. We're we're derailed. We've moved the show to two p.m., which is in the afternoon, so we're off the rails e- even more so now. And we've waited till Wednesday. Nor- so our normal show is going to be Mondays at two during the fall. Uh, so today's kind of a special show. Uh, yeah, so hence- we've got all this energy to unleash. We've been we've just been holding it in for the past few days. I've I've been stuck in the main. Well, not stuck. It's been a wonderful. <laughs> Other than being sick, I've been watching a lot of games. Um, but let, let's talk NFL. And, and, and Luke, you can uh, stay on screen as we, as we go through this. So I, I wrote this devotional on Monday. What will the loss do? And so I want to parallel what all the teams that lost, kind of what the lo- how the loss will affect them, how will it impact them, kind of both now and maybe moving forward, and then how this parallels to our own life when we face our own, you know, whether it's a loss in regards to a mistake, uh, a hardship, a difficulty, a challenge, you know, how do we respond when those things happen? Um, and so let's go through a couple of teams. So the big thing, of course, the surprise, uh, how bad the Titans were and the Packers oh, were. Both of yeah. those teams, oh my gosh. playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, they, they lost. And Cleveland lost. So all those teams, you know, we still expect big things, but what would the loss do for those teams. And for me, it humbles them. It, it These teams came in with some hype. And when you start the season 0-1, it, it causes you to kind of you know, look in the mirror a little bit more. What adjustments do we need to make? Okay, maybe maybe we're not as good as we thought. Or, or maybe we can't just you know roll into the season. We can't just not play in the preseason and then just show up game one and everything's going to be clicking. And, and so I think the Titans were just out of sync. And, and it's just they, they needed some cohesion. And they haven't had that yet. Uh, they got to get everybody on the field together. So that's what I think the loss uh, will do for those teams. You know, a team like Atlanta, a team like Jacksonville, I yeah. think those teams, the loss is causing them to panic. And, mm. and I, think, I think their season could unravel very quickly. I'd even include the New York Giants in that. I, I think the Giants are thinking, uh-oh, Daniel Jones isn't the answer. I think Jacksonville's thinking Urban Meyer's in way over mm. his head. And they, this is going to be a long season. Because here's the reality. I could see Houston. They won their only game of the year on Sunday. Like that could they could go one in six. Hundred percent. People right? were talking about zero and seventeen potential. Oh, this yeah. is one of the only games Jacksonville could have won, and they yeah. got destroyed. And so that was so. There to me, there's fair, you know, fair panic. Uh, but they, but if, if the, Trevor Lawrence uh, mentioned this, he said 
we've got to watch it and learn from it for sure, but then flip the page. It's a long season. We can't let this snowball. We've got to move on and go win next week. And so I think that's the danger, the snowball effect for, for some of these teams. Uh, it could get ugly. And even with Green Bay, there's a potential for that. I lean toward them coming out and Aaron Rodgers throwing for four touchdowns on Monday Night Football. Uh, mm. that, that's more likely. But you could see if they allow this to start pointing fingers, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers' fault for you know being drama queen in the offseason and this and that, mm. and still got Jordan Love sitting over here. And all of that could factor in and it could, could unravel quickly. Um, and then, you know, other teams, uh, like to me, the, the Jets and the Lions, they lost, but I think they have hope. I think there's some optimism there. The way that the Lions came back in the second half, very encouraging. I think Dan Campbell, to me, that like proved, okay, this guy's got this team playing hard because they could have given up on that game, but they didn't. They made it yeah. interesting. I tuned, I tuned in at the end of that one. I was like, all right, let's go Detroit. Come on. Um, so, and Dan Campbell's a guy that Dan Campbell's a guy that a lot of players want to play for. Like he's a football guy, whatever, however you want to define that. Like awesome, great motivator, relatable. He's he's a guy that could really rally a locker room. So I so I agree. If there's if there's any coach to rally a team and prevent panic when panic is possible, Dan Campbell's one of those guys. Yep. And I think they have they have low expectations for this season too, which also helps. Yeah. And and similar with the Jets. And so I think they've got some hope and, and optimism uh in the way that they played in the second half against the Panthers, making it interesting. And Zach Wilson showed glimpses. I'm still not bought in fully, but there were enough glimpses there. Um yeah. and then you look at a team like the Bears, which I want to talk about more in a little bit. Uh, but my guess is what does the loss do for them? It creates anger. It creates anger from the fans we know because they want to see mm. Justin Fields playing. But I think it creates yeah. some anger in the locker room too because they're looking around going, you know what, Ain't we love Andy Dalton, nice guy, but Justin Fields is better and he gives us a better chance to win. All indications are that. And so I think anger can bubble up here uh, hmm. if if not you know, careful here. Um, yeah. And then I would say in regards to Washington losing and Indianapolis losing, I, I don't think there's there's much panic there. I think there's patience. I think for Indy, it's like, hey, we're just getting Carson Wentz up to speed. We're yeah. going to be fine. Seattle's a good team. It's very right, good, we lost, yeah. We lost to Seattle. Uh, no big deal. It's a long season. Um, and then with Washington, you know, losing Ryan Fitzpatrick is concerning, but I think they still have to – they've got to – you know, I think Ron Rivera's a good coach. He'll keep that locker room steady. And so the loss for them, uh, you know, a little bit of a wake-up call, but they look around and go, hey, we played well against the Chargers. They're a good team. And our defense is great because look at look at what we did to slow down L.A. Oh my gosh, yeah, maybe the best one of the best defensive lines, defensive fronts in the whole league. And surely they know, okay, if our team was built around Fitzpatrick, we're we're not really we we don't have that great potential. No disrespect to Fitzpatrick, but the Washington team is their defense, and then they got some great weapons too. So yeah, yeah. Yep. I think so. So I, I think there's still some uh, hope and patience uh, in Washington as well. So uh, anyway, you can read the devotional. I went through a few other teams uh, in regards to what the loss will do for them. But but here's the, the question for us. What will the loss do in in our own lives when when we face our own challenge, health concern, difficulty, uh, mistake, you know, when we blow it in, in week one, so to speak. And, and so when we evaluate these situations, I think, you know, the first thing to do is to say, okay, how, how does God want to use this loss in, in my life? And, and what 
you know, what does he want it to, to do? How does he want it to impact me? What does he want to teach me? What does he want to reveal uh, to me in this, in this situation? And, and so I think that's a, the, the, the first place to start. And, and so here are a couple of options similar to what these teams experienced. Oftentimes when we allow pride to take over in our life, a loss will be a result following the pride. Hmm. When pride really you know, takes over, and what ends up happening? We get humbled. We get the wake-up call. We, we have to evaluate our life and, and think, okay, I, start, I started trying to do things on my own. I, I mm-hmm. thought uh, too highly of myself, and, and God humbled me. And, and so we get back to putting ourselves in, in proper view of God being God and, and us being in surrender and, and submission to him. So that's a good thing that a loss can do for us, a challenge, sometimes a mistake. And, and if, if pride is at the center of it, uh, hu- the, the humbling process is always a challenging thing, but a good thing for us in the long run. Um, and then sometimes, um, you know, I would say always a, a loss is a, a test for how we'll respond. And, hmm. and so back to, is it going to be panic? Is it going to be anger? Or is it going to be peace? Is it going to be patience? And, and so that's the opportunity that we have. And so in James uh, 1.3, it says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And so when we face the, the, the different tests, it gives us this opportunity to, to really grow, to learn from it, and, and how will we respond in, in, those, mm. in those key, key moments. Um, and then let's see, the other, you know, the other thing we were talking about in regards to snowballing. Oftentimes when you know, we make a mistake and if we don't address it, we don't take it seriously, it can lead to others, other mistakes, and it compounds and it snowballs and, and our season begins to unravel. And, and so that's why we have to quickly you know, turn to God, repent, and, and, and trust him to uh, you know, continue to change us and, and show us, you know, get, us back on, uh, get us back on track. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, I think in that moment too, uh, when we face something challenging, are we going to lean on the hope that we have in him? Hmm. And, and so, you know, some of these teams, like I mentioned, the Jets and the Lions, there's hope. And so even when we blow it, even when we face difficulty, there is hope because ultimately we spend eternity with Jesus. And in yeah. the midst, we know that he's going to sustain us, grow us, change us, give us the strength and the energy that we need to continue to persevere. And, and so, I'll, I'll leave with these verses, and then, Luke, I'm going to let you jump in. Sorry, I've been going, going, going. Um, and so uh, Psalm 55 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Uh, another Psalm 72 or 73. Uh, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Uh, and then one more. The Lord is near the heartbroken, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit, contrite in heart, truly sorry for their sin. So he, he meets us in that place uh, and, and, and is, is, uh, is comforting when, when we're in that contrite, uh, honest admission state of, of mind. And so I think some of these yeah. teams that have been humbled to say, hey, we, you know, yeah, we, we came into the season with too much uh, arrogance and pride and, mm. and thought that uh, we were just going to do this and that. All right, we blew it. We made mistakes. The, these are the mistakes. And instead of pointing fingers and blaming and all that sort of thing, it's owning the certain mistakes as well uh, will benefit the, the NFL teams that bounce back and I think hmm. end up having a, a much better season. So yeah. here you go. You can unpack that. Yeah, yeah. I love two words you said, hope and comfort. Um, 
There's a particular scripture reference that's really encouraging to me, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I think this is huge, and this is huge just in general part of the Christian life. The blessings we receive from God are not just... Like, in one sense, yes, they're to bless us, but also they're not meant to just stop at our personal blessing, but to then be extended. The grace we receive from God, we extend that. The mercy we receive from God, we extend that. The forgiveness, all of the above. Uh, so I, I love that That when when there's loss and God comforts us, God can then use us to be agents of comfort to others. God can comfort others through us because we've received comfort from God. So I think of teammates in locker rooms who've experienced loss on other teams, um, and they're able to encourage young teammates. Think of think of poor Trevor Lawrence. Think of think Ooh. of these rookie quarterbacks. Well, all of the Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence who's never lost in his life. Never lost. Yeah, his first regular season lost ever. Yeah. Th- and think of the pressure riding on these guys. Think of. Uh, Trey Lance. Think of Zach Wilson. Think of Trevor Lawrence going in. Think of Joe Burrow as well. Yeah. These these young quarterbacks, a lot of pressure. When they fail, there's guys in the locker room that can encourage and that can comfort them because they've been comforted in the past. A guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. even even though he's older, think of other guys in the locker room that get hurt and can then comfort him. So I, I love the word comfort that God comforts us, but then we can use that the comfort we've received to comfort others. Think of any situation you've experienced, loss, pain, hardship, and then think of the countless other people around you or in the world that are undergoing the same things. Like no hardship we experience is exclusive only to us, and no one has ever experienced that. There's someone that can give us comfort and someone that we can comfort. And then I love the word hope. Yeah, like, man, when when we blow it, it's so when we think of our own lives, man. There's countless times we've blown it. I think in my life, I've blown it so many times. I, I be, just because I have been justified and saved, and I have and through through faith by grace uh, through by grace through faith in Christ, doesn't mean I st- still stop sinning. Not on this side of heaven. So yeah, there's been times when I've blown it, but yet the hope that is in Christ never changes because scripture tells us that that hope is permanent and eternal and that there's nothing that I can do to earn salvation and I'm not responsible for keeping my salvation. So I, I the hope is really encouraging because yeah, for a young team, man, you got to hold on to hope for a team that struggles. Goodness gracious. You got to hold on to hope. You got to hold on to the hope that your coach is igniting in the locker room. So very applicable. That's right. Their their hope isn't quite as solid. Their anchor isn't quite as solid as ours when we're uh, yeah. Yeah. trusting in, in Jesus. But uh, yeah, no, it's a good parallel anyway for us to to consider today. And so, what will the loss do? That's the question. So, when you face something and and you're like, all right, what's this loss going to do? And asking God, what do you want to do through this? And how, what do you want to reveal to me? And and how can I persevere through this? Uh, that's that's going to be the key. So, <laughs> tell him, Bryce. There you go. We love it. What's up, Nick? Um, so, all right, let's, uh, let's jump into a couple of those topics though, that, 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 that bubbled up. And, and one of those, you mentioned some of the rookie quarterbacks, this is just one of those classes that's really intriguing 
as yep. as the season begins. So, you know, that we're we're wondering, you know, just how good Trevor, Trey, Justin, Zach can be. Uh, I'm missing one. Um, there's a fifth one. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. So so all these guys, you know, only a couple of them are starting right now. But in San Francisco, Trey Lance gets into the end zone. In Chicago, Justin Fields gets into the end zone. All of them got snaps. They did. So it's interesting. And and what I my observation is this idea that you're going to utilize the these talents in certain packages like Fields and, and Lance, I don't think is a great idea. Because I think that, hmm. that I think and in football, like you want to come up with new ideas and, you know, whether it's, you know, three tight ends or six wide receivers, you know, you want to try different stuff and try different schemes and all that. I'm, I'm open to all that. So this idea of having two quarterbacks is like, we've always wondered, can it work? And, hmm. and I realized the only way it works is when the backup knows he's the backup and there's no shot of him being the starter. Like, that's the only way that works. Because if you watched Andy Dalton on Sunday Night Football, it, it, you could read it on his face. He's thinking, why am I out of this game? This is a nightmare. And, and I'm also convinced you should trade Andy Dalton right now. Get him out. He's, the poor guy is in a terrible situation. It's not his fault. It's just it's not going to work. It's not the right fit. It's not right for mm-hmm. him. Send him to Washington. They need a quarterback. So, mm-hmm. so get him out of there. It's not going to work in Chicago. Fields needs to be the guy. It's time Get him in there. Don't be bringing him in for a play here or there. And then we're all watching going, wait, why would you take him out? What a threat. The guy could throw. He could pass. He's composed. He's, <laughs> he's got poise. What, 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 what more do you want? And then I start thinking, wait, why did the Panthers pass on this guy? They kept Sam Darnold, and they passed on Justin Fields. So, And, and we've only seen glimpses of Fields at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and then in San Francisco, Garoppolo, like he's buying time before Trey Lance takes his job. And, and yeah. that's, that's a nightmare, too, even though it's nice to use Lance's skills, but that, that the back and forth between those two guys doesn't work. However, where did it work? Drew Brees, Taysom Hill. <laughs> we knew Taysom Hill wasn't taking Drew Brees' job, so you True. can use Taysom Hill. And I even think with Jameis Winston, I think Winston is more of a starting NFL quarterback, and I do think he's going to have yeah. a good season. I think it'll continue. Is he going to throw five touchdowns every week? No, but I think he's a legitimate, he was a number one pick. I think he's going to be fine. And I think the Saints should still use Taysom Hill. And, and, and I, I don't think he's going to take Jameis' job. Um, so that's my big take on, on, the, on the rookies. Just put them in already. But I, but I would actually say San Francisco's so good, I, I would just wait on Lance a little bit. I just don't think he's fully ready to take over. I think Garoppolo, yeah. they win with Garoppolo. Oh, yeah. The, the you can win show. with Garoppolo. This shows it. Yeah, so uh, I, I – we talked a couple weeks ago about which rookie quarterback is going to have the best year, best five years, best 10 year, best career. It's interesting. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, this is still speculation here, but it, after game one, it looks like it's going to go the kind of Peyton Manning route because Trevor Lawrence is really good. But you look at Peyton, like, like Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns, over 300 yards, three picks times. though. Yeah, yeah, times. yeah, crazy. That's that's absurd. <laughs> poor, yeah, second. going going getting thrown out there, and poor guy. I mean, poor Jags losing, being beat down by the Texans. Yeah, again, one of the only one of the only games they had a legit chance at winning this year, and they got they got blown out. Uh, let this soak in. Tyrod Taylor, 
Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, and Brandon Cooks. That's who's beating you. Now, credit to those guys. Like, this is, to me, yeah. even, if it's, even if it's only one game, the idea that these guys would rally and play well despite everything going on in Houston. We've Very all, impressive. We've, we've written them off. They're, you know, kind of a joke of a franchise, a joke of a roster. We question the head coaching with David Culley. It's like a little bit older, and now all of a sudden he's a head coach. It didn't fully, you know, add up. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson and all that. These guys came out and played well. And Tyrod Taylor, you know, the poor guy last year, Justin Herbert, comes in and takes his job after, you know, he had that little incident with the uh, some kind of shot or whatever happened where it punctured his was his yeah. lung, Tyrod Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. and so now here he gets another shot at being a starting quarterback. That's a cool story. So I want to shine Very a little cool light story. on that because I, I think yeah. that's that's pretty solid, even if it only lasts one week. Um, <laughs> good, good for them. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think Jacksonville. Uh, that was a, a rough start, and I'm not sure it gets much better. Yeah. So so Peyton Manning led the league in picks. I think his rookie year, he would he didn't win a game till. A, somewhere around his seventh start, it's like that could that could be the trajectory Trevor Lawrence goes. I think the the most f- hilarious takeaway from this week is Mac Jones already has the Bill Belichick mindset. He throws his first touchdown pass, doesn't want the ball. His receiver brings it to him. Here's the ball. Mac Jones gives it back to him. Receiver gives it back to Mac Jones. After the game, Mac Jones is like, well, we still need to do a lot more on offense, and it's just a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, we just really need to get better on offense. Like, oh, that is amazing. That. That's hilarious. I, I saw Brian Hoyer taking the ball off off the field. So, the poor guy, he's been carrying uh, Brady's yeah. uh, whatever, clipboard. Um, and now he's carrying Mac Jones's. So, it's uh, good for him. I guess he's still in the league, but uh, but no, I think Mac Jones. I think he's going to be solid. The Patriots are going to be solid. Yeah, that was solid. They, they have they have a legit legit playoff shot. Yeah, they blew it at the end. My boy Damian Harris. Gosh, he let us down with the fumble. Let our fantasy team down and uh, let the Patriots oh. down. I just hope they don't they don't bench him. I think he's too good to bench. If if you want to get into fan, I just have to get this off my chest real quick. In the league we're in, which I play you this week, so it's Ooh, on. Big matchup. Big matchup. Can't wait to talk about it on Monday. So. Aaron Rodgers, my starting quarterback, who in our auction draft, I got for a tremendous value. Uh, unbelievable. Everyone was talking on the Zoom call. I had no idea anyone was drafting, so I got him for nothing. 0. 0.8 points for me this week. <laughs> 0.8. Quarterback 35 on the week, and there are 32 starting quarterbacks. So. Yes. Yeah. 0.8. That is that is unbelievable. My team let me down. Mike Evans, really tough outing. Now, I'm not concerned because playing the law of averages, they're going to get better, and I'm not falling for any crazy trades. Someone's already trying to trade for to get Gronk off my team, which I, I'm, I'm listening to the trade. <laughs> Ooh, trade Gronk high. I would but, trade uh, high note. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, man, 0.8. Oh, if he would have had an, a, a, a normal outing, I could have won. Yeah, so, so here's my, my big take on uh, Aaron Rodgers. At this point in his career, I- I'm disappointed in, like, who he's become. As, like, not even uh, from a personal standpoint, I don't know him well enough to, to speak to that fully. Uh, some indications are he's gone just kind of the wrong path. Like, it's kind of clear. But, but just from, the, from a status in the NFL – He's, what, 37, 38 years old? And I think about the quarterbacks that played that long at, at such a high level. You know, guys like 
Peyton and Brady, who's still doing it, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, yeah. John Elway, you know, the, these guys that even Eli Manning, like they become the, the, the spokesman for the NFL and, and, you know, the, the representation of their franchise. And, oh, and yeah. Rodgers is just, it's just one thing after another. And sure, it's just one bad game. And like I said, I think he'll throw four touchdowns next week. Yeah, but hope so. The way he's carrying himself in the interviews and, and, and get over the Jordan love, it was a mistake. The Packers blew it. Yeah. You got to move on. Everybody's got to move on from it. You're there in Green Bay. You've got an incredible wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Please don't let this don't don't just go out like this. Don't go out of the NFL like this. Don't go out with the Packers like this. It, it would just be so disappointing. I, I really I, I just I'm I'm just bummed by it. I'm just I'm tired of the kind of the shenanigans with him. Um so there you go. Well, it it makes me really think oh, again and so what yeah. <laughs> it's the water. One side of the conversation is you wonder how much Green Bay has really blown it. Because it's not just Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers' response, I mean, long-term, how will that affect his reputation, like, career-wise? Because yeah. for those for those watching now, uh, like, clearly one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I, and I and part of that, I anecdotally, he has absolutely destroyed my Cowboys on numerous occasions— and it left me heartbroken because of his complete greatness. But clearly one of the most talented, best arms, throws on all of the above. But part of greatness and that the longevity of being considered great is your reputation. Peyton Manning is immortal in the NFL yeah. because of what, what you said how much he speaks up on behalf of the Colts and Broncos franchises, how much his whole hall of fame speech was, we got to grow the game of football. Yeah. It, on top of his, his hall of fame numbers, he's got a hall of fame attitude for football and for his franchises. And that really helps you as a player have a, a somewhat immortal reputation in the sport. Yeah. I just, I just think it's a bummer. I really do. Because as good as he yeah. is, it's just there's always kind of this dark cloud hanging over him and, and Green Bay, and it should be a celebration at this point in his career. It's like, will Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get to the Super Bowl? That should oh, be I the know. story. That's the story. Yes. This is what we should be talking about. How many Super Bowls is Aaron Rodgers going to win? And, and that's yep. what we get in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady because he's a team guy, and he's steady, and he just keeps getting it done. And sorry for your Cowboys. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> sorry for your loss. <laughs> sorry for the loss. I got uh, hope. I know it was it was last Thursday, so I, I hate to even get into it because it's been so long ago. But we'll turn the we'll turn the page. Yeah. I've got some hope for for Dallas this year. It was great seeing Dak out there, and I, I think you're encouraged as well. Very encouraged. Very encouraged. Yep. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun fun for Dallas. And if you if you want to hear uh, any Dallas conversation, just turn on any other sports show because that's all anybody ever talks about. Is that is not that not the case? Even well, as a Cowboys fan, you got to be tired of it. Every every show I watch, the lead yeah. story today, Dak Prescott, and I love Dak. But how many times do we have to talk about him? Well, the, it's frustrating. So, part, and Aaron Rodgers, I guess part of part of my response to this is no other Dallas team ever gets any love. The Mavericks, even with Luca, Luca gets talked about. The Mavericks never get talked about. Uh, the Stars, the Rangers, none of none of the local teams get talked about, and the Cowboys only get talked about so 
massively incorrectly. <laughs> That's why we, we were talking about how great the athletic is because and, and just the 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 greatness of local beat writers. Like, yeah, there's some great national guys. But if you really want to know the facts, you got to read the local guys. They know what's going on in the team. And when I hear Colin Coward, he go he previewing the Buccaneers Cowboys game. He lists his top 10 talented players oh, yeah. for this game. And Dak's not even on the list? Are you kidding me? Ooh. And then and then people are talking about, oh, the Cowboys horrible game plan. You got to run the ball. You got to run the ball. Okay, yeah, let's feed let's feed Zeke the Rock against the number one rushing defense in the league, or we can praise Dak for checking out of twelve runs. He need we needed to throw the ball. It was a great game plan. So I need to step down on my high off my high horse here or off my soapbox, or I could go for another forty five <laughs> minutes on this. But Let me stop right there, it's just frustrating. Yeah, no, there there should be some hype. The NFC East is, is intriguing. The Eagles got a nice win. I think Atlanta yes. is that bad though. So I want to see the Eagles do it again before we jump too much on that bandwagon. But Jalen Hurts played well. I like the young receivers. I love Devontae Smith. Well. Exciting performance from Devontae Smith. So awesome. Real deal. I love when the Heisman Trophy winner can actually have a good NFL career. Very true. Um, so that was great. All right. Let, let, well, our final segment, we're going to do uh, – we're missing Henry today. Henry had some some stuff going on, so hopefully he's he's with us on Monday. So no tap drill today. Uh, but one little fun topic here to, uh, to wrap things up. Uh, on The Athletic today, which is a great website, free plug for them. It's just an awesome sports website. But uh, they did a uh, – the top five jobs in college football. And so they interviewed like 100 different coaches and different people in college football – um, and so let me give you the list and, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about just kind of what even uh, you listening, what you would value if you, you know, what could, you were considering taking a vacancy in, in college football, like what would the, yeah. the lens that, that you'd look through? Um, so Alabama was one hard to argue against that. Um, and so this is like, you know, what the job entails, uh, meaning or, or what comes with it. So mm-hmm. fan base, donor base facilities the the state you live in you know the 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 college town um the relevancy in your state so how well you can recruit and do you own that state in in recruiting um you know resources and and you know salary of course factors into it uh you know tradition of of winning um all those things factor into the you know what that head coaching spot represents and, yeah. and so, of course, that with Southern Cal opening up, they, they, they fired Clay Helton. A lot of people consider that a top job, a top program in, in kind of the history of college football. Maybe in recent years, not so much, but in a not too distant history with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush, they were as, as relevant and interesting and, and awesome as any team in, in football, of course. Definitely. So, uh, and, and Pete Carroll, of course, was the head coach there. So right now, what are the top program, uh, top coaching options? Jobs, coaching jobs. Here you go. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia at three. I very interesting. Intriguing. I found very intriguing. And then Texas at four, uh, mm. LSU at five, USC six, Clemson seven, Oklahoma eight, Notre Dame nine, Florida 10, Michigan 11, and then Luke's Texas A&M 12. So mm. we'll stop there. Um, and then the article said the best job in America is Kentucky. Uh, Stoops, uh, Mark Stoops, he makes good money, and 
he has low expectations, and they do a decent amount of winning. So, uh, so that was interesting too. I, uh, I have my so I my, I, w- I want to comment on that first. I think that's such a a great perspective on what is considered a top job, because I'm looking at it from what are the best jobs in America if it were to open, and if, if I was a coach, where'd I want to go? Alabama. I would want to. It's a great job if you're the coach after the coach who replaces Saban. I think they said that in the article. The unbelievable pressure that you would have. Now, if you want that pressure, great. But a place like Kentucky, or you want a great job, could be I get to go to a place where I'm loved, not crazy expectations, good culture, and passionate fans. Yeah. So, which is why Northwestern, honorable mention, they've got some culture. You don't not crazy expectations. Great school. You're in Chicago, like th- that. That's also a good job. So I, I wouldn't say Kentucky's the greatest job, obviously, but the perspective of I can go somewhere, and I can have great longevity, and I could be loved. Maybe that's a little narcissistic, but I, I could be loved, and the expectations aren't crazy, and pressure isn't through the roof. So I think that's a very fair perspective. So. For for me, and this is maybe speaks more to my my personality. Uh, you know, I started unpacking it from nothing, and so I like the idea of building something, and mm. and so God's ultimately the one who's who's built it. And credit to my mom who's walked the journey with me. And Luke came in a couple years ago, but but this idea that I I didn't want to take over another ministry. I wanted to start you know kind of my own, and, and God gave me this vision to do it. But when that but how I translate that to college football is I respect and appreciate and cheer for the guys that really build a program that they're the first you know head coach to get them to you know the the national prominence and and they're the ones that um you know didn't jump for the next job like they're not jumping for the next job every five years that that's just more of my preference and so I understand why guys you know they go for the more money or or the more prestige or, or whatever. Um, and they have their own, you know, lens through which they, they look through. And so I, I can't fault those guys, but like if James Franklin leaves Penn state for USC, to me, that's kind of a parallel move. Like I, I Penn state wasn't on this list, but I think of Penn state as a legit college football program. And James Franklin's done a nice job there. And I feel mm-hmm. like he can keep them, you know, consistent and relevant in the big 10. So to me, it's like, eh, would that jump be necessary? Um, that's why I would never understand why Dabo would leave Clemson. Like he built Clemson into what it is now. He's not yeah. leaving to go to Alabama. Like that's always a laughable to me. Yeah, uh, I agree with comment. that. That's why, you know, a guy that we had on uh, this summer, Tom Allen at Indiana, although they lost game one, we're still pulling for Indiana. Um, big winning, big win in week two though. They, they bounce back, bounce back. So the, you know, he's building Indiana football. I don't want exactly. to believe even if Notre Dame opened up, and I would say that Notre Dame is a better job, right? All indications, Notre Dame's a better yeah. job. But I would want, I would want to stay in Indiana. Keep, you're the guy. Lower expectations. You build the program. You set the standard. That would be what I, I would want. So I guess yeah. I'm taking the conversation a little bit differently. But no, I, I like that perspective. So I, I have a question for you. Let me say this first, though. I just got to defend my Aggies. To be at 12 is far too low. To like. You AM has evened the race recruiting wise, the state of Texas. They they are even recruiting wise with Texas and I guess technically Oklahoma maybe. You've got unbelievable facilities. Now 
Also, listen to this. I, de- I have my homer cap on, so that's with a great- take this with a grain of salt. Great facilities, <laughs> tons of money. This is uh, objectively maybe the best fan base in the country. Oh, for stop how it. no, for how big it is, how committed, how loyal. It's uh, this is this is more objective. How. Yeah, but- amazing the Aggie fan base says in their passion now they are delusional at some points I agree with that but and I said I guess not they we are delusional at some points but you get to come in and you get to build you talk about building something Jimbo gets to build something at A&M it's yeah. not it wasn't a lateral move like he's he's getting to come and build something at A&M so well, I think if won championships yeah but I guess but he gets to come and build something at A&M for a for some nice coin. If Texas is going to be the fourth best job, A&M cannot be 12. I think that's laughable. I think Texas is, is definitely overrated. Uh, that's a scary job. You want to talk about the yeah. pressure and the politics that get involved? That's a scary job. Yeah. I, to me, the, the ones that I, I value just from my, my vantage point, um, Notre Dame and I would say Ohio State, Michigan – and and Alabama, those are the ones that like I just I feel like are great. Michigan was a little bit lower. Um, been to a game there. Those fans are nuts. You, you can own the state. Uh, you know the history is is strong. I, I think that's a that's a cool that's a cool job there. Um, to me, Florida was ten. Uh, to me, there's too many schools in Florida. It's it, you can yes. win there, but that's that's tough recruiting competition there. I agree. Um, and then you know some of the schools that like own the state is interesting. Um, you know, like like a Nebraska, great history, but they just haven't been good recent years. But to me, like the you know, this awesome stadium. You're the team in that whole state. No yeah. professional team like that. That to me is is kind of cool. Uh, but in today's yeah. uh, world, Nebraska, they're they're left behind. Um, yeah. they didn't make this list either. I guess Oklahoma has Oklahoma State to a certain extent. Um, but they seem to kind of dominate. Uh, I've never been to Oklahoma, so I can't speak to that culture or that state. Um, I have been to Georgia. I've been to a Georgia game when, when App State played Georgia. That town is awesome. Those fans are awesome. That stadium is awesome. The expectations, you know, they want to win a championship, but it's not like you know, somebody before him won all these championships that he has to, to follow. Yeah. So Kirby's in a pretty good spot, but I was still surprised to see Georgia at number three on this list. I, yeah, because uh, was Ohio State two or what were they? They were oh, two. there too. Yeah. So, so I think Ohio State. I, I I think the the biggest point I took away from what makes a job really good is the. Do you have a a legitimate ability to build a powerhouse? So Ohio State, like your the ability to recruit that whole region, almost exclusively. Like yeah, you're going to lose players to the big schools, but I mean they have their stamp on where they are located. It's new talent every year from that region. And that's why LSU, the whole state of Louisiana, very talented state. Yeah. LSU has their stamp. Like They're not competing with anyone. Ohio State's not competing with another big school, which is why A&M and Texas competing and Oklahoma. But that's why Ohio State, it would be hard to mess that job up because you're going to be able to get talent. Uh, the one with LSU, though, like Ed Orgeron is already on the hot seat. Like, that's brutal. 
that's that's, that's brutal. Tough, and they're Someone getting and they're having great recruiting stop. classes. Yeah. And they have great players, great talent. Oh my goodness. That's 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 tough. Because your boy Jimbo, I feel like he's in a pretty safe, safe spot. Like I know you guys want to win a championship, yeah. but there, there's a little more patience there. Yeah, and yeah, A and M has <laughs> financially committed to him, so he has no pressure. He got an, another uh, raise. Yeah, crazy, a lot of money. Yep, and, the, you know, and that's just the program. The AD was like, "Hey, we want to prove to the fans we're committed to the football program." So we have no doubt that A and M wants to win. See if see if it happens. I, yeah. I'm pes- I'm pretty pessimistic though. Like it's we're still a ways away. So yeah, you got a little, little ways to go. I do want to ask you about your App State Mountaineers, though. What kind of job do you think that is? Um, I mean, it's a great job. Like, I think what makes it special, though, is, is now it's gotten back to kind of the roots. A lot of those guys that are there now, uh, even assistant coaches, they were a part of the Jerry Moore era. And and so the culture is more of, of that. Like, there's a humble kind of work hard a lot of these guys like fell through the cracks maybe at some of the bigger schools and so they play really really hard um so it's a good you know it's a small town it's a really boone is a a small town in the mountains of north carolina um and so pretty campus though yeah oh it's beautiful it's awesome um i mean it's hard to beat the fans are awesome stadium's awesome for you know the size and all that um but yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare to a hundred thousand person stadium. We're talking thirty five thousand. Yeah. Um, so it's a little little bit different. But you know, you can recruit uh, kind of anywhere. Again, it's kind of that next tier of players that get overlooked. Now, being in the Sun Belt, you're you're starting to get a little bit more higher recruits. But oftentimes, we're getting guys that come in as freshmen, play four years, and and there's a great advantage to that. Like our, yeah. our receiver Thomas Hennigan you know, been there and, and been a part of the program. Whereas other teams, you know, you have to wait a couple years to get in. Or if you're that good as a freshman, sophomore, you're gone. And then you leave early. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's a good job, but Eli Drinkwitz came for one year left and went to Missouri. Hey, good luck. Good luck in Missouri, buddy. Um, Eli drink a quick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he can have fun there. I mean, come on to me. That wasn't that great of an upgrade. I mean, we're talking, App State, we're playing tough against Miami on the over the weekend. We're on yeah. TV all the time. We 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 win bowl games. It, it is a great spot. So go App. We we blew and it against I, Miami though. Yeah, but an App's a place that if you come in and like as a coach and really lay a good foundation, you could be there for a long time, right? And Sean Clark, who's who's there now, he should be that kind of guy. He's not looking for the next job. This is his dream job, from what I understand. This is Which, this yeah. Is which, as a coach, how how comforting is that to know I'm at a great place, I'm confident in in my job security, to be able to raise a family there, keep your family yeah. there, get connected with the community, like that's really awesome. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's a great great town. I love to get up there as often as I can. I like getting up there in the summer. It's the best place in the summer. Winter cold. Yeah, you get some snow. It's <laughs> it's fun, but it's it's cold. But uh, yeah, I love that place. All right, Luke. Great show. Fun being with you on a Wednesday. We will be back together in just a few days on Monday uh, following the football weekend, 2 p.m. Eastern. We are live on Facebook and YouTube, and you can listen to the podcast anytime. Thanks for subscribing. Also, check out our Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. That drops on Tuesdays. Uh, If you missed our our Mark Richt interview as well, 
uh, on the Unpacking It podcast. Check that out. That was that was awesome to, to catch up with him. Actually, I've never talked to him before. I didn't catch up. I, I met him. I, it was awesome. Great conversation, all that he's going through. Uh, so definitely be encouraged by, by listen, listening to that one. We will talk to you uh, Monday. Have a great rest of your week. For Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.